For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 57, am I right? Woo! Right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Real low-key, I like it. That's how we started up. This is when we officially started. Oh, yeah. An hour, an hour, an hour. We're, we're going. going. Even though we just had all of our nice little small chit-chat that people might have been interested in, like, what's a good name for a dog? Right. Very Let us things. know. Yeah. Send us an email. Yeah, What's a good name for a dog? 100% send us an email. Yes, we yes, never yes get or no on Bobby. And yes or no Bobby, on, right. on Kevin. Kevin's a good one. Yes. Kevin, which would be condensed to Kev. And yeah. then ice cream. That was another one I threw out. Mm-hmm. Icy, for short. Yes. Icy. I think these are all disastrous, by the way. They're great. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also, do not forget, we... We're seeing if you guys want to do this or not, but we have a Discord channel now. You can get on there, talk with all your other super fans. Yeah, just chit chat. Are you guys ever on right now? We have a brief history of hiding dicks in cartoons. If you want to read the article, stop on by. Wow, you know those are the types of things you can expect us to post. You can see. uh, I I mean, the content I want. You can see our Capitan El El Capitan Kyle with uh, snake bite piercing. Oh, yes. yeah, wow. Yes. If that's your thing. That so, was a pretty incredible picture. A lot of good content. You know, I could put the picture of uh, Alex with Donald Sutherland if you guys want to check it out. So swing on by. Yeah, put that up. His boy Kiefer. Donald, his dad. No, this is Donald. What? This is Donald. Oh, whatever. You got the picture of him and Russell Wilson? Both I've, got, I've got all of them. I got all of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't find him the third time, but... Uh, He's out there. He's he's looking for us, so we'll find him one of these days. We will. Dude, uh, Brom, something you might not actually realize, you have the honor of being on the line tonight with an NCAA bracket champion. That's right. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Really I think I may have been last in the league. No, the there chance. was some guy I saw who's out after, like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> round one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was, was a guy toast. who just had a terrible bracket, but I was pretty close to the bottom, like, I had a I had a rough rough go of it, and I, I was pretty open about it because I sent early on. I sent an email being like, "I know nothing." Like I, I literally looked at the blank bracket and was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like yeah. I'm screwed. I have no idea what to do with this because I just don't. Re- I only followed Zion. That's it. I only watch Zion. Yeah, that is. And cool. I I know college basketball fans hate that, but like yeah. that's all I that's all I watched. I the I <laughs> last night it came down to it. I was in like third or fourth place, and there was another person who was probably in like fifth place. And whoever they had Texas Tech, I had UVA. Someone had Texas Tech winning the whole thing. Yes. Wow. I know. So it came down to it. And my one wife's buddy, she was way up in front, and there was no way that I could have won if MSU went. And so right, yeah. I only picked UVA because when I was getting my hair cut, the woman who's cut my hair was like, "Just pick UVA." I was like, "All right, fine." And it was a good pick. It worked because no one picked them because they. I was so the only disa- one in our whole bracket. Well, it's because they were so disastrous last yeah. year. They were the most often picked last year, and then for in our bracket, really, and then they lost in the first round. It's craziness. Yeah, and I was one of those people that got screwed by them last year. My friend was an dad, intense game. My friend's dad had money in Vegas before the tournament even started. He had 
uh, 40 to one odds on both Auburn and Texas Tech to win it. He put, he, he put money on both of them. And uh, it almost looked like Auburn was going to be playing Texas Tech on uh, Saturday oh, he night. Been, he would have been loving that. Yeah, but then Auburn lost and then uh, Texas Tech advanced, but then they lost in the championship. So he was like it's pissed. Brutal, yeah. yeah, I bet. I mean, what can you do? Uh, you can just do what you did, which was win. Yeah, you just win. But as I said, the more important thing is that I made like a whole bunch of friends on the way. You did with people you already knew. Yep. So I was actually the real winner of it. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. There we go. Dave, 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 (laughs) Dave. Saw that one coming. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Yeah, you kind of have to see that one coming. <laughs> Finally. When we start getting soft, I mean, whew, come on, get us, get that out of there. Because we only get hard, am I right? Oh, <laughs> yes. Anyways, uh, so we're continuing our uh, journey through the dregs of, of my favorite cycle, which is terrible movies. Is it? Because we've, all right, so we haven't really announced that enough. Right, uh, that's what I mean, exactly we're doing. People yeah. should probably know that that's what we're doing. We're trying uh, to watch some of the lower quality B-movie, C-movie, Z-movie submarine films that are out there. But you've also referenced this as action-packed movies, right? Yeah, well, uh, they're mostly action films, so they're trying to get the B-movie like action films. Oh, yeah. Kind of stuff, yeah. Trying to hit those up, and this one's a fun one because it's actually more fun because of what next week will be, <laughs> or the next one we do will be. Great. Uh, Brom, what did we watch this week? Well, guys, we watched Crash Dive. Crash Dive. And, and it's gotta, not even the only film called Crash Dive, right? Isn't there another one? There, there is. I've There's got an another one. one on deck for us called Crash Dive. Yeah, it's an older film. Yeah, from but like this, the 50s. This is the newer film. From like newer 96. There we go. Yeah, guys, I gotta say, over twenty years old, dude. I coughed when I saw that Michael Dudikoff was in this movie, and uh, sent a sent a shock through my system when I realized that it was uh, a shock Armitage production. It is. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't. I don't really like when there's comedians like Christopher Titus in serious movies like this. But I don't want to sound like a Titus. And uh, I couldn't believe that Catherine Bell was also in this of Jag fame. What Brahm is getting at is that there was a lot of famous actors. In yeah, this, how long did you work on that? I was thinking about it at work today. <laughs> <laughs> it plays into working. my uh, it plays into my uh, uh, my countdown, so I had to I had to fit it in there organically. So I think that was pretty seamless. It was. Yeah. It was I enjoyed it. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so this is a Dudikoff film, a Dudikoff production. Not really. Ashok Amershaw. What is it? Ashok Amertrage? Uh-huh. Whatever. I feel like you mentioned production. him quite a bit. Yeah, so he's 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 a producer in a lot of uh, really bad, bad <laughs> films. 
I think he was a producer on Battlefield Earth, and he was like a producer on Street Fighter Legend of Chun Li. Like he's a producer on many or several of like the Hall of Fame films for really? BadMovieTwins.com. Yeah. So you just want to get on the Hall of Fame of BadMovieTwins.com. That's BadMovieTwins.com. That's right. You. Uh, just bring in Arshak. How do you say his name? Arshak Armitrage or <laughs> something? Right. I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Something like that. Yeah. Ashok Armitrage. Yeah. But yeah, he's made a, And then this time in the 90s, though, he was making a lot of these action films. So I think he was also a producer on some of the other submarine films we've done. Like, I think he may have been one on Street uh, Not Street Sharks. Uh, Steel Sharks. <laughs> oh. And stuff like that. I think. I but. wouldn't be too shocked if he uh, was a producer on Die Hard. Was he? No, I don't think know. so. Yeah. Based on this film, though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, so, and this was kind of one of those ones. Dudikoff was probably most famous for being American Ninja. American Ninja. I don't know if you've ever seen that film. Uh, no. By Canon Films. It's kind of a, it was like a knockoff um, ninja action film. And he was, he kind of continued in a series of these films. And this is kind of continuation of his career mm-hmm. from there. If you look and on so, IMDb, his trademark is listed as usually plays the hero in low budget action movies. Yeah, yeah. He unfortunately got stuck doing that kind of stuff almost solely because he did uh, American Ninja. Really, back in, like the eighties? Yeah. Oh but my word! The uh, the cover art on American Ninja is amazing. Yeah. Well, I got it from the library and watched it in preparation for this uh, podcast as well. So I'm. Well caught up on my Dudikoff history at this point. Good, good. Yeah, got to get that Dudikoff in. Got to, got to. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, I also watched. You, Brom, you ever see Bachelor Party starring Tom Hanks? No, I saw that was a movie he was in though. Yeah, he's in that as one of the friends and uh, friends of Tom Hanks. And looks pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a probably wouldn't fly to by today's standards. Just from uh, uh, it's quite offensive in a lot of regards. <laughs> uh, it's both sexist and racist and homophobic. Ooh. Quite homophobic, in fact. Actually, specifically transphobic. Threat. Actually, but uh, so basically, Kyle. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't exactly. fly by today's standards. <laughs> right. Nobody exactly. can even handle me. But yeah. Anyways, I was excited. I had never seen a Dudikoff film before. I saw this film. And uh, boy, howdy, was it a production. So should we, should we get into it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we should. And with, with the premise that when terror strikes right. from the darkness mm-hmm. of the depths below, right. crash dive. Was that, the tra- was that the tagline? It's the cover. That's right on the cover of that. It's movie. right on the cover. That's interesting. A man's it almost sounds tradition like tradition every woman should know about. Crash dive. <laughs> yes. Sure. Shocking, that even... shameless, sinful, wicked, and the party hasn't even started. Oh, he's talking about Bachelor Party. <laughs> Crash dive. <laughs> Crash dive. Oh, my bad. That's, All right. That is Bachelor Party. That is Bachelor Party. Sorry, guys. Oh. Anyways, okay. So, we open, and we are at the Naval Air Station... Oceana in Virginia. And we are looking at the USS Ulysses, a submarine that our boy Dudikov is taking care of business on because he has designed the shit out of this thing. He's a super genius. He's ready to rock and roll. And he made this whole submarine and it is primo stuff and working like a dream. It is. And there are a bunch of people who are walking around and they are Literally, maybe the worst actors I've ever seen. 
on, oh, yeah. on film. We get introduced to a guy here pretty early on who's going to be kind of an a-hole throughout the whole movie. Well, which one? Are you talking about the The cop? XO? The XO. So the XO is a tight ass who they're like, you're like the youngest XO that's ever been. He's like, yeah, well, I earned it. Yeah, he's like, what does that, fuck, what does that, what does that fucking mean? And it's like, well, because it just means that you're like really good. And he's like, well, I earned it. So how about you shut your mouth? Yeah. And you get out of my face, bro. He, and he was the worst actor in the film, I think. I think. It was pretty bad. bad. Yeah. And then the Cobb seems like he's like, come on, loosen up, man. Like, it's cool. He's like, dude, just hit this with, <laughs> with me over here, dude. Sure. But and he's got like the rose tinted glasses that just like totally circular and crest his is nose. This, is this your new shtick? Like I talk about dicks out and you say that someone's a stoner with rose tinted glasses? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I need like, a thing. Yeah. Well, I got the hippie thing covered, so you got to <laughs> yeah, do your own doing, thing. You're doing a hippie thing. I oh, do. Man. Uh, people pull their dicks out. and yeah, Those are, those are really out. good. <laughs> so anyways. We've got all our bases covered, Brom, so you better come in with something <laughs> real good. All right. I'm, I'm so going to workshop it. Yeah, so the cob, he spoiler alert, he turned. It turns out to be all kind of like a in disguise or a guise over something, some nefarious thing that he's doing. But I won't spoil it too badly. Well, right you now. just kind of did. I did a little bit, but anyways, they run. They run through so much exposition. Exposition at this point, they kind of introduce Dudikoff. Dudikoff makes like a joke about like some f- deep fryer. That's the only thing missing from the submarine. Ha ha ha! And they laugh like, uh, like a whole bunch. <laughs> they talk about how they're taking this thing out. And and Dudikoff's like cool, and then there's like this lady, and everyone's like, uh, "Who dat?" And yeah, even Dudikoff's kid. Dudikoff's kid. No, not even Dudikoff's kid. Almost exclusively Dudikoff's kid. That's who is true. Like super like, who the fuck is that dad? Ask her out. I want you boning her now. Yeah, it was kind of awkward. Get like, her what, phone what would you Get do? Her phone number. If you were a parent in that situation, you'd be like, I'd be like, shut your mouth, dude. You're what a child. The hell. You don't know anything. You don't know my type. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're right, son. She's banging. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, super hot. Yeah. Um, she's a 10. I'm a 3. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, son. Um, so the submarine launches. We get our first scenes in the sub. And how big does this <laughs> submarine look? It's like they're in a fucking warehouse at times. Oh, like, man, it's huge. They're falling down like multiple stories. At, at I know, points. dude. Yeah, when they were even like showing, I'm like, what is this thing? Like 80 feet tall? It seems gigantic. It's huge. Yeah. It looks like a factory. But anyways, the captain's super old, which was kind of interesting. Um, he's Everyone's giving the EXO a hard time. He like kind of sucks. Well, and I think so, some guys were making jokes. Yeah. They're, they're mentioning the crash, crash diving. Dive. Yeah, right away. They're like talking about crash diving. He's like, would you ever crash dive a submarine that had Tomahawk missiles on it? Yeah. Like, In what no, situation sir. would you do that? Well, we wouldn't do that, sir. Yeah. So he's a giant buzzkill. And we finally get the title screen at this point. It's been all, like a while into the movie. And finally, it's like, crash dive. I wish they would have done it right when he said, when they said crash dive. It was just, dun, dun. And right. then it just kept going. And then we get a, a random scene of singing. I feel like this is like a now becoming like a trend in these action films where all of a sudden. these action films, they do this? Just like, well, like they randomly will have scenes of like people joshing around in like just of the crew. This yeah. is a meaningless scene where they were just like literally singing their little hearts out. And rapping too. And rapping. Yeah, there's a whole rap scene and they loved it. They fucking mm-hmm. loved it. It was like spinning a basketball on a finger. Like they loved it in, in Sub Down. Yeah. This one singing, everyone's like, fucking yeah, sing it. Dude, they couldn't get enough. Yeah. Especially like the old white dudes in the sub. They were loving it. They couldn't get it. They love basketball and rapping. What can I tell you? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, Dudikoff's still chilling. He's at his house with like a pool and shit. 
he's having a pretty great time. Just well, except his kids there ruining it. <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm trying to get my drink on. And you're over there right. crapping your pants. <laughs> so they end up, they have a raging storm when they're out in patrol uh, in the submarine. And they get a distress signal saying that some Russians were, are like stranded up yeah. above. They're but like, you should also note, or whatever. those light, they showed lightning strikes. Yeah. Worst ones I've ever seen in my life. Wow. If they were actually, if they were real, I apologize, but they look like the fakest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to go on a limb and say they were probably fake. Oh, good, good. But also, they were from uh, Schindler's List. That's actually stock footage from Schindler's List. So now you're making fun of Schindler's List. Is it seriously? No, joking. I was like, what the hell, dude? (laughs) That's not real. But uh, So then they're like, 10 to 1 odds, hurricane's coming, and these jokesters are going to get fucking crushed, right? They're going to die. And... uh, the XO is like, no way. We're not bringing randos onto my submarine. Like, get out of here. And the captain is like, okay, son, come over here. Let me teach you a little lesson. And he pulls out his dick and he goes, does this dick look like um, an uncaring robot dick? No. He's Dude. like, you know what it looks like? A fuzzy caterpillar. Yeah. He's and like, he's pet, he's pet like, this thing. He's like, yeah, exactly. And does a fuzzy, fuzzy little caterpillar let some people die because of a hurricane? And the XO goes, no, you're right. You got to let those people on. And so they bring these people on as a terrible, first of all, terrible plan by the terrorists, right? Let's get stuck in a hurricane. It it works. It does work. I'm just saying like they could very easily have just died and like they barely hear this distress signal. Terrible plan, but it works fine. Whatever. And you just called them terrorists, which we don't even know at this point. Okay, sure. James. (laughs) And so they are, there are a bunch of the survivors and then there's a, oh, wait, uh uh-oh. One of the survivors- is a woman. Uh, she's looking pretty tasty to these submariners who have been out at sea for a whole day. And my God, yeah. they haven't seen a woman in 24 hours. And Watch out. She immediately starts sleeping with a guy. Yeah. So she she's like in the shower. They, someone brings her some stuff in the shower and they just start boning. And she's got her yeah. breasts out, like just like her breasts are exposed, which is something that I occasionally enjoy in, a, in one of my films that I watch. <laughs> Bachelor Party was one such with Tom Hanks and Michael Dudikoff. Yeah. Many breasts to see. And I was like, interesting. I, I'm interested in this. I put my glasses on and I was like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Wife walks down. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm studying uh, cinema. I'm studying cinema. This is a film. Um, this is a quality film. Yeah. So then at this point, the trap is sprung and not the only thing that is because that guy's money. <laughs> oh. uh, and the terrorists are killing people and getting weapons and stuff like that. Dude, and she even chokes out her lover. Right. And the thing that thing we can find some solace in is that he died doing what, he's lo- what he loved. It's true. So. She didn't need to sleep with him right before she killed him, but she did. Right. So who's the real hero here? Uh, clearly she is. Yeah. And he is. They both are, really, yeah. together. Uh, so they disconnect communication, and this kind of alerts everyone to that something's wrong, right? Because on the big old grid, and one thing that's really funny about these types of films is there was so much, like, interactive viewer stuff in this film. Like, oh, yeah. all the submarine had all kinds of viewers of it, like, moving up and down in the water, like, randomly. Like, there's no way they'd build that. It'd just be, like, a number on a table or whatever. Yeah. And then back at, like, headquarters, it also was this giant map, and it's just, like, it, like, blinked out of existence as the communication was cut. And they were like, the USSU Ulysses is out of contact. And so the Pentagon with that hot lady is like, give me dude cough and give me the president. 
Like, so first, just think of the hierarchy there, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the first person he says they need? Dudikoff. Second person. The president. Who's most important here? Yeah, who's the president? Dudikoff. Dudikoff. He's now the president now because of that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on the sub, the terrorists shoot the captain almost immediately. And he's like, I'm the captain now. And then he, uh, the XO is a hero because um, he tries to escape. Like he's the only one who kind of like behave, is behaving kind of how maybe you he like, should. He's the only one who mans up. A little bit. He tries to escape a bunch of times. He tries to beat people up a whole bunch of times. It's also like, I know it's tough to say because like in, in that similar, if I was thrown into that similar situation, I probably would be like a coward and be like, whatever you want, I'm going to, I'll do it. Fine. Whatever. Like I'll, I'll, you want the submarine up over there? Fine. I'll drive that submarine <laughs> this way. Like I'm, I'm not saying that I'm like a hero. I'm, I'm probably a full on coward and would be the worst, but there's also a reason why I'm not like in the Navy on a, a on a submarine. Yeah. All right. Because I'm a giant fair coward enough. and I, I did not sign up for that. Well, fair enough. Right. Or would you be the guy, you know what? I bet the XO was just going so gung ho because he wanted to say, I told you so. America, maybe. Like, you know what, guys? Dick. I didn't want to pick these people up. You guys did. This is yeah. so stupid. I got to save everybody's ass on this sub. But I'm just saying that the guy who's the people who are steering the submarine when they're talking about how they're going to launch nuclear missiles at Washington D.C., I would have probably tried to crash that submarine into the bottom of the ocean. Well, yeah, they were just like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, exactly. And I understand. We'll do it. Like it's tough. I mean, I know there's, you got to go through certain rounds of, of attempted escape and stopping without having to resort to that. But mm-hmm. there was a certain point later in this film that we'll talk about where it's like, okay, maybe there's a line that's been crossed here. <laughs> yeah. You should have stopped this from happening. But anyways, yeah. the terrorists put everyone to sleep using gas and take over the submarine. Now there's only like a few except people. one guy. Yeah. Except it's a gas mask and he's going rogue. <laughs> the second worst actor in the entire film was this like rando skinny guy who found a gas mask and hid by like the uh, escape hatch like in mm-hmm. the submarine everyone else is piled into this one room and we only occasionally even see them from now on as they attempt for hours hours and hours to try to plug up some leaks in this one room oh yeah dude and the water is always at the same yeah. height and they're like we're gonna drown and i'm like dude no you guys are fine like, like it's been like later, that for a while yeah, two hours later they're like shit we're gonna drown it's like you you've been drowning this entire time yeah it's like you're good guys yeah. So anyways, Dudikoff arrives. They, they pick up Dudikoff. He brings his son. He arrives. Well, hold on. Okay. Now the Pentagon has two plans that they discuss because right. we cut back over and they say, all right, we can either pay them the money and hope they won't blow up the world. They specifically say we have two options. That's what they say. And then they say, or we can try to sink them. Then immediately they're like, or the third option, get Dudikoff onto that sub and disarm the missiles. Right. And Dudikoff's like, I'm out of the game, man. And then his little kid's like, but dad. And he's like, shit. can't believe I had this fucking kid. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go risk my fucking life on that sub. First first he asked me to get this phone number of this lady who's like a 10 and I'm a 3. Shit. And now he wants me to be on the submarine and risk my life. God damn it. Kids say the darndest things. <laughs> right. So, anyways, yeah, they want a hundred million dollars in gold and and shit. That's what the what the terrorists want. All right, would but you even don't... know what to do? Somebody gave you a hundred million dollars in gold. Like, what am I? What are you gonna yeah, do? You gonna known, flip it? They should have known something was up with that because, like, yeah, it's a little bit strange. But I guess it's supposed to be that. That's it's like untraceable, right? Pure gold is kind of like also seems, is it? It also seems super traceable because who else has a hundred million dollars in gold just like hanging around? <laughs> What would I do? Like, if I walked in, I, all I would know what to do is go to maybe a pawn shop. Yeah, I got this <laughs> sure, solid gold yeah. bar. And be like, 
we can't do anything Five, with it. 500 bucks. And you're like, what? This is worth a literally a million dollars. Yeah. I'm a pawn shop. Um, so anyways, he's like, okay, son, head to New York City with my sister. Don't worry about it. There's definitely not going to be a missile heading to a New York City because these people said it was heading to Washington, D.C. So there is no possible way that you will ever have a problem climbing up to the top of the Empire State Building right now. Go ahead. Yep. And then he heads off. And the entire idea is that he's going to, at the very least, switch the missile uh, from a nuclear missile to a tomahawk, right? Or, or no, sorry, tomahawk to a harpoon. So mm-hmm. nuclear to a harpoon. And harpoon's just TNT. It'll do some damage, but it won't be like super crazy damage. Right. Or anything like that. Otherwise, he's going to try to get some t- different target coordinates in there. So it just falls into the ocean or whatever. Yeah. And meanwhile, we kind of flash sideways to the sub, and there are little scuffles breaking out between the uh, terrorist and the crew. And this is when we see the lady is quite skilled at throwing knives and chucks one right into somebody and takes them down. Yeah, and they do crash the submarine into the bottom of the ocean at the or bottom. Yeah, the bottom of the uh, ocean, but they're able to get it up and going pretty quickly. It's yeah. not really that big of a deal. So maybe my plan that I mentioned wouldn't have worked very well. Because someone just come along and lifted it off the ocean again. <laughs> hey, pull up on this. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, Can't couldn't they just taken the keys out and maybe swallowed them? That's a good call. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the 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 XO tried to get away with the key. That was like kind of the point of him running away because he had one of the nuclear missile yeah. keys. I'm talking about the keys of the sub, but but he <laughs> fell asleep with that gas. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah. You start a sub just like a car, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. They just hotwire it. Oh, oh yeah. shoot. Or they cut you open and take the key out. Good call. Um, so anyways, Dudikoff's getting onto the sub. He kind of like just takes a little submersible that way. Seemed like it was going to be super deep because they're kind of on the bottom of the ocean. This what I but thought would have been like the hardest part in the movie. And he made it pretty darn easy. It was really super easy. Yeah. He, he gets in through this escape hatch. Uh, he kind of like... He, he knocks on the side yeah. of the sub... Tells uh, Christopher Titus what's up. Christopher Titus, he's been doing, he's on a long string of like jokes about like Clinton and Clint Eastwood and shit. Is like, he's just like on point. Great comedic actor. Yeah. In this film. And he is like, oh, there's nothing out there. Don't worry. It's just a couple of dolphins. And he does like a dolphin impression. And you're like, oh, hilarious. Now, did this come out? Was this after Down Periscope? This would have been... This was 96. Was Down Periscope 95? Could have been. I don't know. I have no idea. Why? Because of the, the dolphin noises and all that stuff. Yeah, but what about Sub Down? That also used whale stuff. All kinds of whale stuff. I think that was later. Yeah, that was later. But I'm saying that it seems like it's a theme. Yeah, but making them with the mouth, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, I see. So anyways... Um, uh, Same year. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And so he gets, he uses diversion. He gets in, he, uh, he kind of, um, let's he finds that person who's been hiding near the escape hatch the whole time who wants to help out. And one of the first things he does is he wants to go tell the people who are kind of driving the submarine and using, doing the coordinates and stuff like that. What's up. And he needs some coordinates to help out or whatever. Yeah. And he drops them some juicy fruit. He like kind of lets them know by like dropping some gum down there. 
Oh, has, like, well, a he's got it, like, hooked down to, like, a Leatherman or something. Which seems, like, super obvious and, like... Yeah, hey, what's that hanging from that vent? Everyone would see it because it's, like, it would catch your eye immediately. You'd be like, what yeah. the fuck? It's, like, it's like literally a shiny piece of tinfoil that he's, like, dangling from the ceiling. Yeah, uh, with a knife hooked to it also. And it's... There's the other terrorist, I guess, who doesn't notice it. Reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite's brother. He kind of yeah, looks call. like that. He yeah. does. He looks just like that. Actually, I think it's the same actor. I hope so. It's not. Um, so anyways, what else we got going on here? They, they give they, they yell out some coordinates for him. Um, Dudikoff gets attacked, and he kind of like fights the shit out of the person, and they find out they're all from Yugoslavia. Is that right? They were, they were from Yugoslavia? Somewhere. From years, some, uh, years before. Uh, it was some kind of... And, in, and it, it is a great... I love these kind of things. When the sonar gets... So Christopher Titus, he impersonates... They, they get a call from the captain. Not the captain, sorry. I, I'm falling into it now. The terrorist who has taken over the oh, ship. So now the captain. Well, he technically wants to be called a captain, but uh, Christopher Titus gets a call from him and this guy has just been killed by Dudikoff and uh, he puts on the headphones and basically, or puts on the, takes the walkie talkie and impersonates this guy. And they are like him and Dudikoff may as well be like high fiving, be like, we fucking tricked this guy so hard. And immediately the captain comes off the walkie talkie. He's like, check that out. That wasn't something's happened. to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when that happens. That happens in a lot of films where it'd be like, we fucking tricked him. And then the person will be like, there was something off about that. It's like, oh, you are so happy with yourself right now, but you totally botched that. They <laughs> <laughs> clearly know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So he's now super pissed, the captain. Or, Jesus, I keep on doing it. The terrorist who has taken over the submarine. Uh, he's now pissed because this guy has been killed. And he's like, blood for blood. He's doing this over the intercom to let Dudikoff what's, uh, know what's up. And he's like, blood for blood, we're coming after you. And the... Uh, little guy who he found um, near the escape hatch is like, I'll watch your back while you put these coordinates in. And he is immediately killed. And oh, yeah. The off, woman yeah. comes up and just like slits his throat like right. it's like he's a dog in the street. Yeah. The only useful thing is that his body is heavy enough that it warns Dudikoff that something has gone wrong. Um, and he aban- totally abandons a- changing the coordinates at this point. Mm-hmm. And they even get a hold of. Carter had a special radio to radio yeah. back to the Pentagon, and he like shortwave transmitter point, yeah. or something. Yeah, he totally loses at this point, like a dope. Basically, he runs around being like a dope the whole time at this point. Well, dude, now he's in total darkness because, well, now the terrorists also radio back to the Pentagon that he's dead. And he said, Dudikoff's dead. We're moving up the time. Get us this money or else we're blowing up uh, New York City. I think they even changed it at this point that it's going to be yeah. New York City. We did have a real touching scene, though, when they said he's dead, and we see the uh, woman oh, yeah. who... Uh, his son wanted him to hang out with. Yeah, right. Uh, Netflix wink, and wink. chill with. Right, um, right. She like looks at the kid and he's sleeping in her office. <laughs> like, <laughs> better not wake him up and let him know. Wait, she's sleeping in whose office? The kid was. No, no, the kid's already in New York City. Oh. You totally misremembering this. I'm misremembering this movie. Okay, start over. All right. Yep. We're starting over. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, episode fifty-seven. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, um, uh, yeah. So they move everything up. Apparently, these people are connected. They have this whole explanation at this point that these people are connected to a Middle Eastern terrorist group. Dude, I'm like, why you got to complicate it? They're from Yugoslavia, and all of a sudden, now, I mean, I guess it's close to the Middle East, closer than we are, but. And why you got to have them connected like and that? And I know it was a lot of that. A lot of the strife in that region was due to like. 
you know, conflict between religions and stuff like that. But it doesn't, you don't need to connect it explicitly to the Middle East. Just have, why can't they just be terrorists from Yugoslavia? It seems so strange. I was just like, why, why do this? Don't, why complicate that? <laughs> you have to. Um, so apparently they just want to dominate the world. So it's all, it's all basically the money does is meaningless. They're going to launch the snook anyways. Yep. And this is where it starts to get pretty close to where I'm like, okay, you need to be doing everything to sabotage this. If you're the people, because they start to, they send another submarine after them. The USS Dallas. Is that right? Uh, it's an LA class. Yeah. So they send another one out. Oh, the da- but uh, it is all over the Davies, them. The USS Davies. So they send the Davies, uh, after, uh, them and it's like it's gonna be a do or die thing, right? Like either the Davies is gonna destroy them, yeah, or they're going to have to destroy the Davies. Now let's also keep in mind that earlier people at the Pentagon said, "No, we need to sink this submarine." They said, "Well, what about all the lives of the sailors on board?" And they're like, "Okay, let's not do it." And then almost immediately. The submarine that we've been watching the whole time sinks the Davies. Yeah. Just blows it right up. I'm like, what about the lives of those guys? And that's where I feel like at that point when they were saying like launch torpedoes and stuff like that, that's when things over. I'm just turning that submarine down. And they're, they're navigating. The Cobb is, not the Cobb, the uh, XO is kind of like stonewalling these guys because they were asking, you know, like, what do we do? Torpedoes are in the water. And then finally he caves. He's like, oh, countermeasures or whatever. But they should have just. I think the co- you're talking about the cop. The XO was always well. The XO no, the XO was stonewalling. He, right. I think, and then oh, was it the cop who interjected? The cop who's the one who d- shot them off and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's where, like, if you're driving the submarine, that's where you're going through like a cavern, like any you're small into a wall, any small move, and you're fucked. And it's like at that point, it'd just be like, I'm not gonna sink the USS Davies. Like, I'm not gonna <laughs> kill like a whole bunch of innocent. Like people, and also then because we killed them, we're going to launch some nukes. Like get yeah, out of New here. York City. Like that seems crazy. Like, and I, as I said, if I was on the boat, probably I'd be a coward and I'd do whatever they said. But theoretically speaking, mm-hmm. if I'm in the Navy and I'm driving a submarine, I think this is a part where you say I'm going to drive the submarine into the side of this cavern, <laughs> and yeah, we'll see what happens. Probably we all die, and we stop New York from being nuked. Yeah. So it's kind of a lose What's win, right, what's wrong? I guess lose wins. Take this to an ethics class. Who knows? Who knows? So anyways, um, at this point, Dudikoff uh, dispatches the lady assassin. So she gets killed. So no more naked lady for us. Only that one scene. Alas. Oh, yeah. But don't worry. She does kick Dudikoff right in the face before he kills her. Actually, you notice in this fight scene, he never lays a hand on her. At all. He's yeah. always playing. He's yeah, always yeah. dodging. Yeah. And eventually she runs into her own knife. Yeah, she kills herself by stabbing herself. Because I was like, oh, yeah. we can't have a hero like beating up a lady like this. And I'm like, oh, they did it so he doesn't. Yeah. So anyways, now once they've destroyed like the Davies and stuff like that, uh, they're preparing to surface and fire. And so Dudikoff, what does he got to do now? It's time to do or die, bro. He's got to jump into the middle of that shit. So he jumps, literally jumps into the middle of that shit. He's in the middle of like the command center. He throws people through glass. He's oh, there's like, a shootout people, going whatever. on. Big old shootout. The XO throws a gun to the cob, and then the cob turns around and shoots the XO in what a terrible effect. Like you could see, like he had like a, like a it looked like a cone on his head that was going to explode when he was supposed to be shot in the head. It looks awful. But yeah, he gets killed by the Cobb. Crisscross. Yeah, crisscross. The Cobb is a total bad guy and is like, fuck you guys. Like, I did this because 
and he mumbles while he talks about the explanation of why he would ever do this in, in any scenario. Yeah. It actually doesn't make any sense. But then... I guess he's been radicalized by that Middle Eastern terrorist the group. Yugoslavian Middle Eastern terrorist group. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, Collins, the helmsman, tries to become a hero, and he's like, we're going to crash dive this. And, oh, yeah. Because he's like, we're going to go so deep that, so this launch won't work. But then it doesn't really work. But then something this really cracked me up. In the middle of all this, like there's so much going on, out of nowhere, there was somebody with a southern accent that's just like, (laughs) we're losing engine power. That was the guy who was doing doing the crash dive, I think. Was it him? That was Collins? He was was southern. He was real southern. It's like crash dive. Why'd you grab your nose when you did that? Because that's what he did. He said, crash diving. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was like, does that help you do a better southern accent? No, it doesn't. It um, doesn't at all? No. No, actually, it was good. And so anyways, um, Murphy chases after Dudikoff. Right? That's the, the cob. Chases after yeah. Dudikoff at this point. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. They, ju- they run into a factory of some sort at this point, which is three or four stories high. It's crazy. They're fighting all over the place. All right. This fight scene is incredible. First of all, he also distracts. He has, Dudikoff carries around with him, apparently, a voice recording of himself in order to distract people. Yeah. Because he, like, he has this at hand to set up to be like, hey, I'm over here, or whatever it said. Yeah. And then the cop was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, that's, when you're using skills like that, that's why they call you before they call the president. Yeah, probably. They're like, wow, this guy's got it all figured out. But also in this fight scene, it was amazing because... Dudikoff like kicks this guy in the face and like you mentioned they're in a factory type setting and he starts climbing up a ladder the other guy is still standing up and he has a gun in his hand and while Dudikoff is slowly climbing the ladder he doesn't even attempt to shoot him He just starts climbing the ladder after him and then gets like kicked right in the face again what? Yeah. I mean, maybe he wanted to do it like a man. He's like, no, we're going hand-to-hand combat. But at some point, you think he'd be like, it's right here. It's right in my hand. I could just shoot him. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that that was crazy. And then there's another fight. Is this is this where we get the wrench fight? Not, well, not yet. Not yet. Because oh, that's right, yeah. Carter goes and he redirects the missiles. Right. And he redirects them right at Canada. Did you notice that on the little map? Oh, <laughs> like, really? Yeah, he moved. <laughs> they were no longer at the U.S. They were at Canada. So he's like, sweet. I'm like, all right, man. But it didn't go there. They went to New York. I know. That's yeah. what, it, none of it made any yeah. sense. And I was like, well, it got well, encrypted. I guess is is that oh, what it was? Oh, maybe that was it, yeah. They had like the counter uh, hacker kind of working his thing to encrypt it as they put the coordinates in. Oh, okay. The um, Napoleon Dynamite guy. Right. And so... And now he gets attacked by a terrorist with a wrench. Right. And this is not the this is not the captain terrorist. This is a di- just a different terrorist? Or is this the captain? I think the I captain's later. Yeah, I think it's later as well. There was all kinds of crazy stuff here. At one point, this guy is almost like a lucky coin type thing. He, like, distracts this guy with, like... In my in my memory, it's like literally him jangling some keys, and the guy's like, "Wait, what?" And it's like <laughs> gets like punched in the face. It was kind of crazy. Well, think about if you were in a bar fight or something, 
Somebody's, you know, you're about to get your ass kicked, jingle some keys, and you're like, what are you doing? Wham! Sucker punch. Yeah, it was something it could like, work. Like a terrorist was like, give up, it's over, and then got distracted by something mm-hmm. that Dudikoff did, and then Dudikoff was able to like get out and kill him. It's like that's because he's the man. Super crazy. And then yeah, there's a there's a big old wrench fight at this point. Um, he manually overrides the bomb at this point and is able to. Uh, switch it to the harpoon or whatever. I don't even to know. Di- to I, dis- I mean, disarm the nuke. Yeah. And then in probably some of the best computer graphics easily, I've ever seen. Easily the best graphics. It's, it's almost Titanic level like effects. I think they use this. Um, it, it created its own company, almost like Lucas uh, or that light industrial light and magic. Yeah. Just based only on this effect. Yeah. yeah. The, the uh, missile launches from mm-hmm. the sub and goes straight into the tippy top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, and a wild coincidence, Dudikoff's son <laughs> is also in a taxi on the street below where that the steeple of the Empire State Building falls, um, I don't know, like a thousand feet. Yeah. Uh, lands on this taxi to almost no effect. Yeah, barely, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't barely do hurts the taxi. It's, taxi it felt, driver didn't even really seem to alarm. This is a... Uh, a sharp steeple of metal and stone that yeah. falls onto a taxi a thousand feet below. And it's really tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's like a small it's and not only that, but what are the fucking chances that he would be in that taxi cab right in that exact spot at that exact yeah. moment? Dude. It's ridiculous. You just never know. And I, I think mean, I what this I think what this really speaks to is the uh the integrity that cars used to have back in the 90s, you know? Yeah. They were also, so much stronger. It's also probably why they made this um, this into a movie, this true story. Because oh, it was such yeah. like, they were like, wow, what a wild coincidence. And they, you know, started writing a book, but they were like, you know, this is better on film. Yeah. It they didn't even it. say at the beginning, based on a true story, it said, this is a true story. Right. It's a great documentary. It's wild. Uh, so anyways... Um, they have a great scene of the people in the Pentagon, which is clearly like the last day of filming or something like that, where the guy is on the phone. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he turns and goes, someone managed to abort the missile and it was a harpoon, not a nuke. And you see everyone's like, yeah. And someone's like, yes. Whew. And it's like, there's more. The Empire State Building took a hit from the blast. And, and everybody was smash like, cut. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, That's the end of the scene. But everybody there's was like more. so jazzed. I'm like, wait, what? There's more. The Empire State Building took a blast and or a hit from the blast. Like, what? And nobody <laughs> really yeah, even that cared. Building. That building's old and overplayed anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So anyways. They're and then now, Carter. Yeah. So now approaching hull crush depth because they've been kind of heading downwards. They've been crash diving yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, and so Dud- and Dudikoff and Richter are having their final fight. He uses a fire extinguisher to great effect at this point and flushes him straight out of the escape hatch. Was that thing filled with acid, dude? Because that guy freaked out when he got sprayed I with know. fire extinguisher. And it seemed like it was one of those things. That it totally turned the tide of the fight. Where yeah. If he just fought through this fire extinguisher, you would think he would have won. Oh, because he was but instead, beating the shit out of he Dudikoff. He could not handle getting sprayed with a fire extinguisher. And then he f- got flushed out this escape tube, like the piece of shit he was. Yeah, and goodbye. Goodbye. Now, I don't know. I've never been sprayed with a fire extinguisher. Maybe it is the worst thing on Earth. Yeah. I also saw at the end, he kind of rolled away. I'm pretty sure he survived for the sequel. So. Oh, he did? I think so. I saw him roll away and like make it to the surface. Maybe the uh, maybe the chemicals from the fire extinguisher made him more buoyant and he shot up to the surface real Good quick. Good call. And then, he, even, and then he survived the nitrogen bubbles in his blood, even though. 
Right. Or maybe the bubbles forming a protective barrier around him, Whoa. and then he rode on the side of the sub, he Whoa. grabbed on and rode it all the way back to port. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty good. They do that in Aquaman, I guarantee it. That's true. And so they get the, anyways, they dump the missiles, get auxiliary power going, head back to the land of the free, baby, and uh, land of the boning because guess he's waiting for Dudikop at his house. No way. She's got her shirt tied up in the front and everything. Oh, she's yeah. a little belly. Yep. She's she's already Has basically dinner made. mom. The yeah. kid's like, mom, is dinner ready? And she's like, son, get out of here. Me and your dad's got to, we got to have sex. And yeah. they start making out while he's holding his son. Yeah, he's like, the son's like, are you going to kiss? And I'd be like, how about you can shut your fucking mouth, shut your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Shut your mouth. This is my romantic life, not yours, kid. Get out of here. I don't know. Yeah. You, want me to, you want me to kiss her? Well, I mean, All the right. kid asks, so we have to kiss. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I usually end these with a couple questions. Open-ended. Yeah. How long does their relationship last? Classic one. Um, it all depends, man, because of the baggage, you know? Six Got days. Kid. Wow, you think only six days? Almost a week. Are you sure you don't want to say 69 years? 69 days. <laughs> 69 days. Perfect. I'm going to say it's going to last <clears throat> maybe three years just because of the kid. The kid's going to become attached to her, yeah. and then eventually there's going to be a falling out because Dudikoff can't be tamed. He's not just some kind of man who can be held down to one woman. He's out there inventing submarines, saving the world. Mm. And eventually there's going to be some kind of terrorist who's going to sleep with him immediately when she gets on a submarine. Whoa. Yeah. And then he's going to get an STD from it. Oh, wow. Take it home. It's going to sting when he pees. Wow. He's going to have to tell his girlfriend because he's not going to get married right away. I'm going to put that ring on it. No, not at all. Mm-mm. But then his little tot won't be a tot anymore. Right, at this point. Yeah, he's going to be over his, you know, stepmom, quote unquote. She's not his, not his real mom. Exactly. He's not going to want to eat peas because she's telling him to. No. You fucking kidding me? Who are you? This is too close to home. Okay. Um, I would say I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to actually be the one who says this lasts a while. So oh. It gets pretty hot and heavy. She's attached to this kid. He's like, this is really great for her him like he needs a mother and she's like awesome and then they get married pretty quickly like only like a year maybe a year and a half after they start seeing each other yeah and uh they have a kid sounds like a little brother uh for for the son and now they're in it for the long haul oh man once that second kid though is through college things start to get like where was this foundation really other than your son told you to make out with me one time yeah. Like that's what we were built on. It's literally the only thing that we had in common was that your son really liked both of us. <laughs> we were in the, the same room. Built on sand. We were in the yeah. same room when your son asked us to make out. That is the but only at this thing point, Dudikoff, Yeah, at this point Dudikoff's like he's, he's pushing 70 and he's like I just don't want to die alone. Yeah. And then they stick it stick together. And that's it. Yep. Uh okay, and another question. Sorry. I know it's, it's no, fine. that's fine. How high does she rank in the government ranks? How how does she? Oh, she, she was a star. Up. She was she was the top assistant to the, like the head of Joint Chiefs of Staff or whatever, whoever runs the the Pentagon. 
because she like legitimately she was probably on trajectory to be like the um, secretary of defense or something like that. I think she gets demoted after bringing a civilian in. Civilian in the kid in into the Pentagon. Oh, just like one time when Judikoff brought that. Yeah. Oh, I see. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Top secret computers. I and the kid's part she... of that terrorist organization. Oh my and that's the sequel. god. That's amazing. I think in the sequel she's president. Really? Yeah, that's what I think. And Dudikoff's first man? Yeah, straight up. All and right. they're like they're like, Mrs. President, do you Madam President, do you what are you gonna do about this? And she just looks at it and he's like, I think my husband has something to say about this. And is this where he's 70 years old and they send him onto a submersible to Straight up. combat terrorist? I'd do it. Not me personally, a 70-year-old. I would send yeah. Dudikoff as a 70-year-old onto a submarine. Yeah. Well, who yeah. would I'd give that order. <laughs> yep, go for it. All right. Ready to give some grades for this great movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? I'll get in there. I'll hop in this sub. And I'll say this movie, on a quality level, kind of reminded me of of uh, what we kind of got out of the chamber in terms of acting was not great. You know, there's there's a good movie out there with this kind of plot. You know, I thought it was kind of cool that you know the sub was getting eaten up from the inside out by these terrorists, and they were able to get a. Uh, a Navy SEAL on board through one of the torpedo tubes and he was kind of building his team as he navigated the sub and, you know, picking up, you know, accomplices to help him. And uh, that was kind of interesting. Um, but ultimately the, uh, the action was just so bad and got some horrible, the, the action scenes were, were really weak and, the, the the Empire State Building was easily the uh, biggest offender for me in terms of the <laughs> CGI uh, and just the storytelling with yeah how yeah. oddly inconvenient the kid like if if the kid's not going to get injured like what's what's the point of dropping it directly on the kid's car like that's yeah so why even stupid. have him go to New York City or anything like that just have the yeah. kid disappear like he didn't even know his kid was even really in danger ever because it wasn't really clear that Dudikoff knew that the the missile was going to head towards New York anyways. Like he yeah, always, right. he seemed to always think it was going to DC. Yeah. I kind of mm. just changed on the drop of a hat. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. So, uh, about a chamber for me and the chamber, I gave a three. So I'm going to give this a three as well. It's a good call. All so right. I'll go next. Okay. So I will say that, um, I was a little surprised at how much I wasn't necessarily enjoying myself for the first part of this film. Um, I thought it kind of went pretty slowly. Acting was awful, like really bad. Um, some of the worst we've seen probably. Even yeah. even when you look at something like Agent Red, I feel like this is k- kind of falling below that. Every once in a while with these films, we'll have one character or one like very minor part where you're like, how did this person even end up being in the film? There were multiple people who were like major characters where I was like, do these people have careers? Like I'm so confused how they actually kept on acting and stuff like that. But so I wasn't necessarily super enjoying it. I did think it picked up in the, in the last like 30 minutes or so, where it was really hitting some of those crazy fight things where I was like, what is happening here? The empire state building, things like that, where it got pretty kooky and crazy that yeah. I started to enjoy myself uh, a little bit more with it from like a bad movie um, point of view. 
So I won't say that it lived up to everything. Like it wasn't necessarily like, I thought Steel Sharks was a more through the entire thing, you know, above expectation, but also funny at times, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas Mm -hmm. this is more kind of stops and starts in terms of like kind of fun stuff. I think Steel Sharks, I was a three and a half. Yes, you were. Yeah. So I was going to come in just under that at a, I don't know, maybe a little bit below. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to go exactly a three. I'm going to go two and a half. Two and a half? Two and a half. I thought the, I thought it's just that there's one, it's the end that I, it wasn't the whole film. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that, it was good. The actual, the actual end scene was just so stupid. Like, yeah. To have her kind of like with dinner on the table and <laughs> like you made her into like She's such also, a strong yeah. character throughout the movie. And then right, yeah. you just kind of have her as a tropesy housewife at the end for no She's good sec- reason. second in command at the Pentagon. And then she's like serving dinner to, to retire Dudikoff. Yeah, exactly. She should have been like, we're getting takeout. <laughs> I'm fucking busy. I yeah. Reports and stuff to take care of. Also, you, we blew up a sub today. I don't know if you remember the USS Davies was like, 60 people went yeah. down. You know how much paperwork I have to do? I got to write a big report about that. And you should probably help me. Yeah. And uh, you're going to have to explain to every one of their families how you didn't stop that from happening. Thanks, Dudikoff. <laughs> I think Carter is his name in the movie. Uh, what we're saying is their relationship lasts uh, 17 minutes. Yeah. He's like, geez, what a bitch. <laughs> uh, so I... I mean, we had just watched Submerged. Submerged is bad. And then we saw this. And I was like, wow, this is... I was even having a conversation with my wife because she'd watched some other movie that was really bad. And I was like, you know what? I've been watching so many of these bad movies lately that I saw one that was bad. But I was like, surprisingly decent. Right. The plot made sense, which I enjoyed. Right. Well, did it, though? Submerged did not. Submerged did not. That's true. Good call. This Good call. did. Yeah. When I look did. at anything else, I'm like, all right, this makes more sense. Yeah. But yeah, the Yugoslavs from the Middle East. The Middle East. Who don't who actually only want, want money. gold. They don't want money, though. But they, they do, they want, do want money, but they don't want money. They just exactly. want world domination, but they'll also turn, they'll turn around and pick up that gold. Yeah. How are they going to move it? It's really heavy. But, uh,. One of the things I also really enjoyed about the movies and movies like from this era, I guess, is at the end credits when they start showing who's in the movie. Like we see a little photo of them from the movie. I'm oh. like, oh, I know who that they guy is. They should have done the thing where they tell you what happened to them after the film. They're oh, like, that would have been great. Michael Dudikoff went on to design the newest, latest version of the submarine and became a captain. You'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> yes. Now that's now that would have like elevated this to like a four but uh <laughs> right yeah acting was not good action was fine i guess i think you say film, a, you say acting was fine action action okay action God. was okay. fine we could see things now if you said the acting was fine yeah we could we could see things which we could not see in a film like stinger so that was all right uh we did have a lot of sub action which i really enjoyed yep but I gave Steel Sharks a three. I like Steel Sharks because of the lucky coin. Yeah, the lucky coin is a huge differentiator. Like, yeah. I, feel, I feel like movies aren't taking advantage of how much I enjoy like really stupid shit like that. But yeah. there's a wrench battle scene in this. There good is call. a wrench battle scene. Good call. Wrench battle scene's pretty good. And immediately when he gets onto the sub, 
he is holding a wrench in his hand. Now, granted, it's not like a traditional there was a lot wrench. Of it's a actually. pipe wrench. You know, there's but, wrenches everywhere. When they're tr- yeah. when those people in that room are trying to fix a leak, they have wrenches. At one point, they just show people like working on the sub when they first launch, and someone just has a wrench and they're like using it on a ladder. I'm like, I'm not even sure. Isn't this sub like kind of new? Why do you need to fix anything? Yeah. Judikoff was just there fixing everything. Why are you have a wrench out? Well, anyways, they could fix it better. Maybe. So, man, I don't know. With watching Submerged, I feel like this. It's tough. Yeah. I, you know, because I'm like, oh, I don't want to like over elevate it, but I would still, I like Steel Sharks more. Although this movie is fine, it's <laughs> I'm gonna give it a two point nine nine. Good call. Just under Steel Sharks. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I did want to mention that I kind of forgot while I was rambling about my review was it is great just to see in the 90s just how hard these B movies went to the die hard formula. Oh. Cuz I mean like, immediately. There's so much there's so much ripped off of Die Hard um for this like it's basically the same thing and it's it's always the same thing. Terrorist takes over somewhere. Yeah. A guy is kind of sneaking around who has made it's made his way in there there's always kind of like a family element to it. He's got some kind of radio he's got some kind of line of communication with some them. Some kind of line of communication. Uh and a, big one, through vents? and a big one is always that there's some smarmy guy who kind of comes in to like work with the terrorists. In this case, the cob who was working with terrorists, but also turned out to be in leagues with the terrorists. Yeah. But like in Die Hard, there's a guy who's like, I'll take care of this. And he goes in like, baby, you need the sales me guy. to help you like with this or whatever. And in all these Die Hard knockoffs, there's that guy to kind of be like the smarmy guy who's going to like screw everything up for the re- yeah. for our real hero. And there was another one. There was another Dudikoff film. It's available on Amazon. And of course, I was trying to catch up on all things Dudikoff. And so I watched part of this um, one morning while I was exercising. And it was, I've never seen something more of a knockoff of Die Hard. Really? Yeah. The guy's name, the terrorist name was Carlos Gruber. So the name in, in Die Hard was Hans, Hans Gruber. Gruber. Right. So this one is Carlos Gruber. And then there was an exact replica of that sales guy, smarmy asshole guy. Are you serious? Who was like a news anchor who, who swept in to be like, hey, baby, I'm gonna, I'll help you communicate. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Do they have no original ideas? Seemed like they were just knock, straight up knocking off Die Hard like over and over and over and over and over again. And this is one of them. Well, hey, man. Yeah. That one was on making the money out. somewhere, and it was involving kidnapping the vice president. Really, it's pretty good. Dudikoff had to get onto the plane by flying on a stealth fighter, and then they hooked up to the plane, and he climbed aboard. No, they did not. M- Mid air. What? Yeah. Anyways, but that's not the film we were talking about. Anyway, should we get some trivia? Let's do it. All right. So claims online. So online, it's claimed that. Uh, Studikov's other submarine film, Countermeasures, is a sequel to this film. Oh, good. But he plays a different character. The name is totally different. So Makes yeah, had to change no sense. his identity. Oh, maybe he was in Witsec. Exactly. That'd be a good idea. Anyways, Andrew Stevens wrote a book called Producing for a Profit that had a whole chapter about this film. So his story is he wanted to pre-sell a film to Japan and couldn't figure out what they liked. And his buyer kept on shooting down his ideas. He had this pen and it had a submarine in it that went up and down when you moved it around. And he asked about submarines and they got super excited. So he pre-sold it without anything more other than it's going to be a submarine film for $350,000. He realized after that it wasn't just submarines and he ended up making seven of those, but all kinds of pieces of military eye candy. So then he pitched to Germany and they wanted a lot of action, but no gore and pre-sold that for $450,000. 
Then he went to Korea and they wanted martial arts. So he pre-sold that for $350,000. Then when he got back home, the American buyer just wanted a star. And so they suggested Dudikoff. And so they wanted to know, the only other thing they wanted to know was the name of the film and he made up Crash Dive on the spot. He then told really? the writer, make it Die Hard on a Submarine. He then took the poster for Hunt for Red October and replaced Connery's face with Dudikoff's and everyone loved it. Finally, he needed a promotional trailer to show people to get more money before they shot anything. He knew the DOD would never approve anything they were writing. He thought about getting a helicopter and flying around trying to catch some submarines diving and stuff like that. No way. Real Tony Scott. Right. But eventually he called up Disney and asked about stock footage from Crimson Tide. They sold it cheap to him and he made a trailer from those stock, that stock footage and from other Dudikoff films and everything fell into place and he was able to finance the film. And then the last line of that chapter says, remember, it's show business, not show art. Wow. <laughs> so that's what you can, that's what you got to know about this film is that it's not show business. It's, 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 it's show business, not show art. And that's what we got on the screen. So anyways, related to stock footage, uh, Crimson Tide provided some from the underwater action and diving. And then uh, Steel Sharks was used for the other military stuff. Oh, they used Steel Sharks. Stock footage. Wow. Yeah, because Steel Sharks had a very good relationship, actually, with the military. And so they had a whole bunch of military footage in their film. So they used that. So it's mentioned in the books Terrorism in American Cinema and Real Bad Arabs, which I've mentioned before, real being R-E-E-L. Yeah. Bad Arabs. In regards to the extremely vague Middle Eastern connection of the terrorists, and noting at this point in the stereotype, they just got to the point of mentioning it without much more. Uh, weirdly, as I've also often found in the books, these books also get random things wrong. So terrorism in American cinema said that the ransom was $1 billion for what they wanted. They wanted $1 billion in gold. A billion dollars. And I know the mistake is small, but I just want to see like, but why? Why have it in the book then? Yeah. If you're not going to check it, why even have it in the book? Right. Just why mention specifically that it's $1 billion it's in gold? a billion dollars. Just say a bunch of gold. It seems so strange. And I, it's all, it always bothers me. And all these books have that kind of stuff. Anyways, uh, the same thing happened with the Seagology or whatever. Yeah. Basic facts about uh, sub- submerged totally wrong. Nobody knows what's going on with submerged. So anyways, as mentioned, Andrew Stevens is a producer that's been very prolific in producing these types of films. Uh, after figuring out that submarines sold, he went and made seven of them. So what other stars of his other films would have been good in this one? Ooh. What about Dolph Lundgren from Agent Red? Oh, duh. Who do you think better or worse than Dudikoff? He'd been funnier, I think. Yeah. He's a better actor. I mean, cramming he's more, he's more Dolph vocal. Lundgren into like a tiny vent. Yeah, it would have been funny. That would have been funny to watch. And also, but the only thing is, is that he, Dolph Lundgren looks like he can beat up a, a submarine full of everyone, let alone like a bunch of like middle-aged uh, terrorists. Are you saying so he'd, be too, him, he'd be too powerful? Too powerful, maybe. You need a Dudikoff. He's a little smaller. What if more you make like him the lead... Uh, the head terrorist. Oh, turn it around on me. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I could see them doing that in a film like this. Like, well, he's European, so right. sure, Yugoslav, Middle Eastern guy. Yeah. Uh, what about Brian Cranston of Time Under Fire? Ooh. I do like Cranston, but I don't know if I could see him in an action film in this capacity is Dudikoff. No, I don't know if he would necessarily have to be Dudikoff, though. I think he could have been the cob secretly. The oh. Smarmy. Real smarmy. Actually, he did play that. He, he was the one who played the smarmy asshole in that other Dudikoff film. 
He was at Cranston was? I'm not even joking. Yes. That wow. one I watched. He was the smarmy uh, news anchor. Brian All right. Cranston. What about Gary Busey from Steel Sharks? <laughs> yeah, that loose cannon. All right. Is he from Steel Sharks where he's really subdued? No. Oh, he's wild? Yeah. He's, okay. I want him to be the terrorist, though. Uh, it's tough, though. Yeah. Well, he could be one of the guys who's like going wild and Lundgren's trying to reel him in. But, you know, Gary Busey is. Make him he can't be tamed. Ooh. Oh. Well, but then he had to be subdued, probably. What about, so there was another film he produced called The In-Laws, which was about, it was like a romantic comedy that involved the selling of a submarine, which just seems very strange. But uh, Ryan Reynolds was in that one. So what about Ryan Reynolds? Brown, what do you think? Uh, I guess you'd have to be our Dudikoff guy when you get like would, that much talent. So, yeah. yeah, I think so but, too. I mean, he, he is a comedian. He could play our uh, Christopher Titus role. Oh, good call. Like, maybe I this like is that. a young oh. young Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so young Ryan Reynolds in the Christopher Titus role. Yeah. What about Ed Harris? So he was in uh, the film Emergency Blow. So he played a police officer going to a Christmas party as wife's company. They're going to try to work things out, right? But yeah. The, the party's on a submarine. So um, terrorists, led by Hansel Gruben, takes over the sub and ends up with Ed getting Hansel into a torpedo tube and launching him into the enemy ship. The catchphrase is, this really blows. <laughs> Emergency blow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I'd like him as uh, Dudikoff. For sure. I mean, obviously. I think that's, I think that's just an He's got to be. That he would probably be... I did like when the I mean he has opportunity to climb through air shafts, which is does. top top of my list of. He things. wouldn't even really need to climb though; It'd be like a slip and slide for that guy. True, uh, he would have a little trouble in the final battle because he has to climb up those ladders. Yeah, and then like he, his hands would be all greasy. He'd be trying to climb up the ladders. Mm-hmm. The good thing is that he'd be climbing up, then the guy behind him would be climbing up, and that's how he defeats the guys. Oh, he, he, fall, he slips and falls. That'd be pretty good. Uh, can you imagine him trying to tie the knot when he's lowering that piece of gum down? It's impossible. It is. When you're that yeah. greasy? Just uh, Instead, it's just that they just feel the drips of grease falling yeah. from the ceiling. They what look up. that? They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Ed, is that you? Ed Harris? Sorry, guys. All right. And then we're quickly going to do Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Um, un- I mean, against all odds, I've already, I have done this one before. <laughs> yeah. He so, yeah, has been involved in some of these, but Jay Accavoni, who played, uh, the Cobb Murphy, uh, he was also in Time Under Fire with, uh, Brian Cranston. Larry Poindexter was in Time Under Fire and he was also in Steel Sharks. Gary Busey in Steel Sharks was in Under Siege. Duh. And I use that one all the time. Wow. Because Under Siege can very easily get to Pearl Harbor, which can very easily get to... Phantom. Yeah. It's going to be funny when we when we watch Pearl Harbor and it turns out there's no submarine at all. You're going to have to go through, redo every single one of them. Yeah. At that point, it'll probably be at like 75 movies. You'll be like, It actually, wow. I feel like it should be pretty easy. Well, whatever. Yeah. I think you found yeah. enough pathways. Uh, so I want to apologize. I guess the other crash dive, I said the 50s from 1943. Oh. It did win an Oscar. Really? Yeah. Which uh, the film we watched... Also Certainly didn't. did not. Oh, it didn't? No. Oh, Surprisingly. Right. It, it won some Golden Globes, but no Oscars, I don't think. Right. All right. The stage production won a few Tonys. And the soundtrack obviously won a Grammy. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was obvious from what we were saw on the screen. Give it oh, the yeah. EGOT. 
Almost. All right. It's it's sub 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 world world wide 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 wide. So the helmsman on the sub's name is Collins, and he's also literally the first guy that they show in the credits. Really? Yeah, Mr. Marty Yost. So I decided. Let's do the Australian Collins class submarine. Wow. They've got one. Uh, so this is a diesel electric submarine. It was the largest diesel electric sub in the world when it was commissioned in the 90s, designed by the Swedish company Cockums and assembled. Uh, sorry, what was that? <laughs> Cockums. Sorry, sorry, say it again. Uh, Cockums. Say it uh, one more time. Cockums. Great. And assembled in Australia where the. U.S. also came in and put sensors, controls, and weapons onto it, and Australia and the U.S. used uh, special acoustic treatments on it. So the U.S. was involved in this. Obviously. If it's the biggest one, the U.S. is involved. Duh. Uh, So the length of this submarine is 254 feet. That is pretty long. Yeah. Almost a football field. Almost. Should add a little, like a steeple, like on the Empire State mm-hmm. Building. Even there's goalposts, <laughs> which adds to its, uh, wow, a, you know, acoustic. I don't know what qualities. Like yeah, the what's the word? What's it's the like, word? It's like a tuning for. fork. Yeah, Char- characteristics. Yeah. Uh, so it has a beam of twenty six feet. Uh, for the it's almost as long as we saw in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it was clearly like like eighty feet tall or whatever. Oh yeah. It's ridiculous. So huge. Uh, oh, but this is what width. Oh, that's width. Yeah, width. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so it has three diesel engines with three generators that generate 1,400 kilowatts. While on the surface, it can cruise along at 10 knots while submerged 20 knots. It holds 58 people. And for weapons, it has six 21-inch torpedo tubes, 22 torpedoes and harpoon missiles, or 44 mines. Now, because this is a diesel electric, it does have a limited range of 11,500 nautical miles at 10 knots. While submerged, it can cruise 480 nautical miles. It has an endurance of 70 days, and it can go down to 590 feet for test depth. Real depth is undisclosed. Oh, shit. So, these submarines are kind of well-known. Not for their, you know, ability to combat people, but from all these problems that they had. Uh, It seems seems to be a recurring theme in us discussing certain submarines. Yeah. Uh, They had all kinds of technical problems, suspected foul play and bias during the design selection. Whoa, what? I know. Saboteur. Sabotage. This sounds very exciting. Uh, Improper handling of design changes and many deficiencies in their ability to operate among other things if you get on the wikipedia page for this thing it's about a mile long it's pretty interesting so to go along with this the royal australian navy which i'll refer to as the ran hasn't been able to keep enough submariners around to operate the fleet they have six of them in 2008 only half of them could be manned even Uh, that's a shame it is. It's like, what the heck? You guys got three just sitting there doing nothing? So some of the systems, while there were problems with a lot, some of the systems were actually performing better than they expected. They had an autopilot feature that could maintain the depth 
better than most helmsmen could. However, some of the issues they were experiencing were excessive noise, engine breaks down, engine breakdowns, and issues with their combat systems, uh, which those three are kind of some of the most important features when it comes to a submarine. Because you want it to be quiet, you want it to run, and you want to use it for combat. So the noise issue was actually caused by the shape of the hull, which is kind of a big flaw. So they had to end up changing that, quiet it down. And I'm not sure if this is really common, but I found it really striking when it came to the engines. And they said that a lot of the problems were caused or attributed to a 15 tank diesel fuel system and when a tank would empty with fuel it would fill back up with salt water to help maintain neutral buoyancy now i don't know about you guys but whenever i'm running my car engine i will uh never put water in it try not to put some salt water in there yeah uh so the water would (laughs) there were some issues with the backflow where of course, water would enter the engine and then cause all kinds of issues. It just sounds like, like the worst idea ever. It's like, you know what we'll do? Okay, we're having some like buoyancy balance issues. Like, what can we do with this? And one engineer's like, well, we could always, well, we could always, once we run out of fuel, is just like fill that with water. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That shouldn't be a problem, right? We can we can work with that, right? Everybody's too afraid to say no. Uh, <laughs> so so, you're not not realizing that's like that's gonna be that's gonna and be not cool. just water, salt water. Right. Uh, so also there was an issue because there was contamination of the diesel fuel uh, when when it was combined with the salt water would cause the engine to really rust and eventually seize. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not good. Uh, The propellers were also screwed up. They were machined by hand in Sweden, and if the pitch was off, that would cause a really big problem. The Australians were not super thrilled about it, so they sent it. They didn't even consult uh, the builder in Sweden. They just sent it to the U.S. They said, please fix this. The U.S. did. The builder was super mad about it. and um, Jealous. Yeah, and eventually it did lead to some kind of legal action against the Australian government. Uh, And then there were also issues with the way the hulls were welded because at Cockham's they used a different style of welding than what the RAND said that they needed. Didn't really work out super great Hmm. for the Collins. But they will be operated into the 2030s. They were supposed to be retired in 2026 and replaced by the new attack class, which is based on the short fin Barracuda, but it's going to be in the 30s. And like I mentioned before, Wikipedia page on these things is a mile long, mm-hmm. but it's worth checking out. There is a lot of information on it. Yeah, It's good they'll have them sticking around, though, because once yeah, global, global warming turns this into water world, it'd be good to have some submarines. Yeah, some extra ones that you can't even... At that point, we'll have a whole bunch of submariners because we'll all be submariners. It's true. Except for those who live on their boats above, I guess. Like Kevin Costner. Yes. <laughs> and Tina Majorino. <laughs> right. Exactly. She was the girl in that, right? Yeah, I think so. Speaking of Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, that's true. Napoleon Dynamite references and confirmed she was the Waterworld girl. So, tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Five, four, 
<laughs> tonight, I mentioned it, uh, alluded to it a little bit earlier, uh, kind of going back a little bit to what we did with the uh, Baldwin brothers, you know, help us to learn, oh. help our listeners to learn a little bit about our Baldwin brothers. Tonight's countdown is called, Dude, I Coughed on a Bell, You Tight Ass. Nice. Oh, here we go. I'm going to give you some trivia about three of our biggest actors in this film, and you are going to tell me which of the three you think it is. Catherine Bell, Michael Dudikoff, and Christopher Titus. Good. Sweet. All right. And I'm going to, it's gender neutral. I'm going to refer to them all as actor. So if I say this actor did this, it could still be Catherine Bell. Okay. That's what they want to be referred to. They're trying to do away with actress. They're all actors. All right. And we support them in their endeavors. Isn't that right, Jamie? No, 100%. Okay. And I think um, that that's that's a good thing to say on this podcast, just to make sure to clear out exactly how, where we stand. Exactly. Right. We're all in accordance here, except for Kyle. Exactly. So first, first one tonight is... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this actor... Studied child psychology. I'll let you guys work together, the Bowling Brothers over there. Oh boy, child psychology. I don't think it was Dudikoff. You think it was Bell? I think it was Bell. I do too. I don't. I don't even think it was Titus. I, I immediately just thought Bell. I think it's Bell. All right, that is incorrect. It was Michael oh. Dudikoff. No, no, really? I what? thought I knew so much about Dudikoff. Oh, Dudikoff. studied child psychology. I don't know when, Where? in what capacity, or how long, or anything like that. It's just that is <laughs> the, that is the extent of it. We can Amateur thank child IMDb. psychology. We'll thank IMDb trivia for that. That is the reference uh, tonight. Is IMDb he mentally trivia. Tor- mentally tormented the child on the set of this film? <laughs> yeah. and he's like, I remember child psychology, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This actor's father married six times. The celebrant of the sixth marriage was a lesbian Elvis impersonator in Reno, Nevada. Titus? Titus. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, good, 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 good. One for one. Guys are on the board. Well, one and one, not one for one. One for two. This actor named their daughter after their father. Do you know their daughter's name? It's like the daughter's name is Kenny. Oh. So wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> All right. So the daughter is named after the father. Yep. So it's named so after this the actor. Daughter, the, the, named girl, the, daughter. the girl's named after their grandfather, basically, because this actor oh. named their daughter Kenny oh, after I see. their father. Kenny Bell. Kenny Dudikoff. Yeah, pardon me. I guess it would help to say this actor named their daughter after the actor's father. Right. I thought you were doing some kind of like joke or like one of those no, jokes no. about like the the doctors. I can't operate on this yeah, child. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's my daughter. Nope. No. Like, wait, what? <laughs> None of that. Um, do you think it's going to be? Are we going to come back to Michael Dudikoff, or are we going to head over to Bell? You think? Uh, I don't know. You think I don't think you would do that. He wouldn't make it that easy on us, right? We go like one, two, three, one, two, three. So do you think Dudikoff? I think it's Dudikoff. I also think it's Dudikoff. Correct answer. Christopher Titus. Oh, named Kenny it after Titus his, sounds better. Named it after his father, who had married six times at that point. Right. Ah, Titus. 
Damn, these are hard. That, that I didn't bastard. study because we don't know these people. <laughs> I know, I know the Baldwin brothers like the back of my hand. Yeah, this actor is trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Dudikoff, it's gotta be right. I don't know if it is. But Come on, you think we should go for it. He's an act. He's an action star. Well, we don't have to be on the same on all of them. See, I think it might be Bell. I think this is might be oh, a trick. This is the trick. I think it might be. I say we go Bell. All right, let's go for it. Bell. Well, Catherine Bell is formally credited with uh, being a kickboxing enthusiast, but officially trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is Michael Dudikoff. Oh, Michael Dudikoff, and I would say come on. One thing that tricked me is that when he got hired on American, uh, American Ninja, one of the things was that he was really self-conscious because he was totally not trained in any form. No, no form of martial arts has he been done uh, had he ever done in his life? Uh, but before. he's done like a million of these actions. And now, now, yeah, it must be after. Ah, oh, shoot. All right, next one. This actor is a driving enthusiast and biker who raced in the 1998 and 99 Toyota Grand Prix celebrity races. I feel like this is Titus, right? Wasn't this a big part of his like show he had about liking cars and stuff? I, I don't even know this guy, but whatever you think, man. Yeah, it's think it'd be Titus. Titus yeah. Christopher Titus, a huge car junkie, but the actual driving enthusiast and biker who did the races, Catherine Bell. Really? Oh, yes. Man, wow. we are not doing great. He's tricking us, though. He's doing all these things to trick us. Yes. Well, we should have gotten the Dudikoff one. <laughs> this actor studied to be a surgeon and biomedical engineer, but dropped out. Oh, I think that must be Bell, right? I would think so. Yeah, Bell. There you go, Catherine Bell. All right. Dropped out Dudikoff. to be a model. No no offense to Dudikoff, but I don't I don't necessarily think he's like the sharpest guy. But he's very like I've seen interviews with him. He's very well spoken and stuff like that. It's just he at least he doesn't play very sharp people in his movies. <laughs> so, maybe he's just a very good actor. Catherine Bell, she uh, she dropped out. She uh, started her career as a model, and then she made it into a uh, commercial in Mexico for American Express, and then she was the nude body double in the movie uh, Death Becomes Her. Really? So I'll be uh, Googling that later. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Wild Tuesday Night. All right, this next I one. Uh, I'd just say Bing, maybe. Go for, go for Bing for that guy. <laughs> What's the duck duck? Not go? a sponsor. Duck duck yeah. go, the one that doesn't track what you search or whatever. This next one, mother killed. Uh, uh, this actor's mother killed their abusive stepfather over a Thanksgiving dinner argument. Bell. I would think it would be Bell. I think it's going to be Bell. Bell. Correct answer is the quite troubled Christopher Titus. Wait, no after way. he married six times? Uh, oh, stepfather. Oh, stepfather. Shit, okay. Mother killed yeah. their abusive I kind of stepfather over a Thanksgiving dinner argument. If he, if he had been murdered, then how would he have had time to get married six times? Nope. The, the devil's in the details. Next one. This actor had thyroid cancer in their 20s, which required removal. Has a visible scar that they think is kind of cool. It's got to be due to cough, right? Yeah, sure. Sorry, guys. Dude, it's Catherine Bell. 
Oh my gosh, we're so bad. I think we needed Patrick for this. We might have, and also I just I feel like I should have been more interested in the backstory of Michael (laughs) Kudikov and and Val. I mean, beautiful lady, obviously gorgeous actress, and I should have been more interested in finding out her backstory, but I wasn't. You blew it. I blew it. I blew it. Got one last last one here, guys. You are uh, two for eight. (laughs) Wow, not great. Final question number nine. This actor began their career as a tanned, bright, smiling model featured in a Coppertone suntan commercial. Dudikoff? I think it's Dudikoff. But he said Catherine Bell got started modeling. But so did Dudikoff. Did well, he? Whatever. What do you think? What do you think? You think I don't know. We've bad? had a lot of Catherine Bell. I think it's got to be some Dudikoff, right? Get some Dudikoff action? Let's. We'll finish it off right like it should be in Crash Dive. Dudikoff. Ding, ding, ding. You guys got it. Redemption. Oh, and on a good yeah. note, that is Michael Dudikoff. Good job, guys. Well, sort I think of. Actually, I think Three out of yeah, nine. I think good. actually we hit exactly what you would expect are by randomly choosing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that would make sense. Three out of nine, you know, 30, 33%. Perfect. So we could have just had Thor pick it. <laughs> we could have. Probably done just as well. 50-50 chance to do better than you guys. Bitty bitty. But that was, dude, I coughed on a bell, you tight ass. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love the name. You should do it uh, next week, too. Uh, what do we got going on next week? For a film? Let's yeah. not spoil it for the viewers. Okay, okay. Listeners. Viewers. Listeners. Whatever. Viewers. They're going to be too busy, like, rewatching Game of Thrones. What's Game of Thrones? Does it have a sub in it? I've never heard of it. Uh, no subs. It's uh, it's pretty good though. It is about a bunch of people having sex with their relatives. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes. 